How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh. Add some steam, sizzle, and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host, Michael. And as always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. Woo! This is the big 150. 150 episodes. We have a very special guest with us to celebrate. (laughs) It's our old buddy, Tuffy. Suck it, Kevin Jenks. Suck it, Miles Watson. I'm taking 150. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Tuffy, he, uh, he's a co-host there on the LCS Hockey Radio Show. And Tuffy, how many episodes have you done of this here Flea Market Fantasy? Because you did Star Wars. I remember yeah. you did uh, Kickers, Inc., Peacemaker. Did you also do Gru? No, I don't think so. All right. I'll no, Gru. No, no, no one down here for Gru. All right. So uh, it's, this is your fourth appearance then? Is that it? Yeah, about once every, uh, what, 35 episodes? <laughs> 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 yeah, so uh, you wanted to have a big uh, celebration here, Michael, for the 150th episode. And the reason why Tuffy uh, got roped into this, well, no, it's actually Tuffy's fault. He didn't get roped in this. I always asked Tuffy to come back on the show, and he said, hey, I'll come back on the show. Why don't you do a Superman? I, said, I don't yeah. want to do Superman. Superman stinks. <laughs> why would anyone want to read Superman? But, Michael, you were planning to do a Superman because I guess every 50th issue or something, you do or episode of the show, you do a, a Superman. Is that how it's been working? Absolutely. Out? It's obligatory. Yep. It was already in the works. So it kind of worked out, you know? Yeah. So since Tuffy you want to do Superman and you're going to do Superman anyway, I said, all right, Tuffy, we'll do a Superman. And, uh, Tuffy, why Superman? Why, do you actually like Superman? Oh, he's, he's, uh, you know, he represents America, Mike Dell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a space you read, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I'm not a fan of uh, Superman. Well, and here's the fan. thing is, and I, you know, I could have picked any Superman comic, Tuffy, but Mike Dell demanded yeah. that I pick a Bizarro appearance. So <laughs> well, I, I, didn't, I didn't demand. It was a, I said pick something cool like Bizarro or something, and you did pick him, so I, I commend you on that, Mike Thank you for doing right. that. Always trying to please everybody. That's Although me. maybe, I don't know, I'm just putting this out there, maybe you could have found a better one. And plus, what could be better than this? <laughs> exactly. Now, to be fair, I could have picked a post-crisis Bizarro comic, you know, like uh, John Byrne or something. But after that, I'd rather go with something more fun like this, the original Bizarro. Yeah. Yeah, this is the original Bizarro. Uh, so we're doing Superman 379, and that's the issue we're doing here today. And uh, what year did this come out, Mike? Oh, I forgot to write down the year. Any it idea? is. Here, let me just click on it. I got a million. Oh, 19. Where is it? 1983. 83, so a couple years before the old crisis. Yep. Things changed. Uh, Tuffy, are you familiar with Bizarro? Uh, The character in general, not the specific comic book arcs that he may have had. Are you just familiar with him from uh, Seinfeld? Bizarro, The Bizarro Jerry episode of Seinfeld? No, I feel like he was on the uh, Superman cartoon back in the 90s. uh, Oh, yeah, in the 90s. Oh, that's right. Yes, definitely. Uh, Michael, he was on in the old ones too, right? The uh, Super Friends one, like oh, uh, yeah. Legion of Doom and everything. Right? Absolutely, and uh, he was also in the Superboy TV show from the '90s. Let's not forget that. Hey, uh, a lot of people may not know this. I did not know this until I did some research, Michael. But Bizarro actually started in the pages of Superboy. I think I knew that. Yep. <clears throat> See, you're just lying to the sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. But yeah, Bizarro, he's like, uh, how would you describe Bizarro, Mike? He's like the mirror image of Superman, but uh, really dumb and weird. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, an inexact duplicate. He has yes. white skin, kind of blocky, you know, features. And in some depictions, uh, his S is backwards. But in this one, I don't think it is backwards. Oh, yes, it is backwards. Okay. okay. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and he talks weird. Tuffy, how does Bizarro talk? Because you were doing an impersonation earlier. How about, how about... Uh, he just sort of misuses pronouns, leaves out a few <laughs> words in a sentence. You know, me and Bizarro, me think <laughs> that good idea. Yeah, well, <laughs> and everything's like uh, the opposite. So, um, yeah, like, like super... 
Go ahead, Mike. Are you- well, I was going to say, like, if he likes something, it, see, this is where it's confusing because it's hard to follow exactly what's opposite. But if he likes someone, he calls them his enemy. If he, yeah. you know, like in this story, he, he, I think he greets someone by punching in the face or someone greets him by punching him in the face. Right. Uh, yeah. Like he, he hits his one pound in the face and then Superman throws him through a wall. Right. And, uh, and Bizarro <laughs> says, I knew Superman liked me. He treated yeah. me like a good friend, something like that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, Bizarro's a weird dude. Uh, his first appearance was in Superboy issue 68 in 1958, created by Otto Binder and George Papp. Mm. Big fans of their work, Michael? Big fans, yes. So apparently some uh, mad scientist had a duplicating ray. Mm. I don't even know if it was a mad scientist. It may have just been a normal scientist and something went wrong. But uh, uh, Bizarro was created as a teenage Frankenstein version of Superboy. Yeah. Great. That's weird. Very cool. But, no, again, you're so liberal oh, with your no, use of cool. No, no, no. This is the definition <laughs> of cool. Look it up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but around this same time, Alvin Schwartz introduced an adult version of Bizarro in the Superman Daily newspaper comic strip. Yes, and, I was going to uh, comment about that, yep. In episode 105, The Battle with Bizarro, which spanned from August 25th, 1958 to December 13th, 1958, Schwartz says he created the concept first, and his version had the weird speech patterns and the opposite meanings, uh, but he had a B on his chest. Bizarro. So then Binder, uh, the guy who created the uh, one in Superboy, he brought the adult Bizarro to a Superman comic in Action Comics 254 in 1959. Now, this Bizarro had the uh, S on his chest. Mm-hmm. And his backstory was uh, now Lex Luthor had created him with a duplicating array. Interesting. That's how he he came into existence. Uh, Bizarro World uh, became a feature in Adventure Comics for 15 issues, running from issues 285 to 299 in uh, June 61 through August of 62. So he had his own little segment there in the Adventure Comics. Do you remember those, Michael? I'm sure you read them all. Oh, of course. Of course, yeah. He also had a special all bizarro 80 page giant issue as uh, Superman 202 in 1967. Yep, I remember it well. <laughs> and then, so from 1959 until 1984, Bizarro made 40 appearances across the various Superman family of titles. And then after the old Crisis on Infinite Earths, he was reintroduced in Superman Man of Steel issue 5 in 1986, and that was old John Byrne. Hmm. Uh, and then they got rid of the speech pattern and bizarre world. He was basically just a mute, kind of like Frankenstein monster. Oh. Yep. I don't like that. But, yep. They, but to be fair, eventually they brought back the original version like, a couple years later. Yeah, because, I mean, if you, don't, you ought to have those wacky speech patterns. Right. The, right. the writer here for this issue is Carrie Bates. Uh, I don't think we've ever discussed him on the show. I don't think Maybe. so either. Nope. And uh, the artist is uh, who's the artist here? Swan. Kurt right? Swan. Kurt Swan. Uh, Tuffy. Kurt Swan is like the most prolific Superman artist of all time, right, Michael? Uh, absolutely. Did it for thirty years. And I should also point out that Carrie Bates wrote DC Special Series number eleven, featuring the Flash, which we reviewed in episode ninety-nine. Sorry, ninety. Oh, he he wrote that with the uh, <laughs> yeah. the monkey. The, yeah, the big monkey. Uh, yeah, the was that the monkey? I don't remember. Yeah, Gorilla Garod, right? Yes, yes. So that was Carrie Bates. Yeah. Oh, Mike Dell never forgets a monkey. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there it is, uh, Carrie. I guess we don't have to talk about Carrie Bates then, because we already did way back then. Just go listen to that episode, and it'll be fine. <laughs> All right. So anything else we need to know about Bizarro here, Michael? Uh, not really. Only that you know he's a lot of fun. That's about it. Yeah, I just remember him from the old cartoons, and uh, like you mentioned, they always uh, depicted him with like uh, boxy features, like squared off cube-faced features or whatever. Right, right. That's not so much what they do in the, the comic book, at least. Not as one. much. No, not as much. That was a little weird. But uh, all right, I guess we can uh, look at this issue. I know Tuffy's very excited, so uh, yeah. let's get right to it. So here we go, Superman 379. Uh we see a little caption at the top. This scene is not in this magazine. <laughs> and this is partly why I picked this one, because this cover is so much fun. We see Superman so much fun. punching 
Bizarro, <laughs> and Bizarro is landing upside down on his uh, with a big smile on his face. And in the background, we see. I'm not sure if you knew these guys existed, Mike Dell, but this is like the Bizarro Justice League behind him, all kind of like smiling as Superman punches Bizarro. And then at the bottom, yeah. it says, "But what do you expect from a Bizarro story?" Right. And this yeah. is, uh, this cover we should point out is by Ross Andrew and Dick Giordano. And Ross Andrew is famous most for doing Wonder Woman and Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man. Mike, are you eating walnuts? It's it not me. Like nope. It sounds like you're cracking nuts. That's off your. That might be me. I was uh, putting my laundry in the dryer there, trying to do it as quiet as possible. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear, but I still hear stuff. Maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. Like no one else hears this. No, I hear it. I absolutely hear it. Yeah. But I don't think it's toughy though. Well, no. Right, I, now I'm sitting perfectly still. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then maybe it was you. Yes, it was you. Um, anyway, this cover though, Ross Andrew. I was a big fan of Ross Andrew on uh, Spider Man, like you mentioned. He came right. in like uh, after John Romita Sr. Then there was uh, Gil Kane was in there a little bit, right? And then Ross Andrew, like right. Mix. He was the regular artist for many years. Yes. Also, Michael, I believe Ross Andrew drew that drew that issue of Doc Savage. That oh, were, right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. I love Doc Savage. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure Tuffy's aware of my love for Doc Savage. Right, Tuffy? Yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, Dick Giordano, Mike, he might be my favorite anchor. I don't know. He's really good. He is really good. I don't know if I don't necessarily like his inking on this image, but it's a little like sloppy, it. but you know, it's like fine. It. All right. Squiggly. Uh, Tuffy, how do you feel about this cover? It's fantastic. <laughs> Tough. It is a good cover. It, it is a good cover. Yeah. What do you expect from a bizarro story? Exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> um, all right, just just to re recap though, this image is not in this magazine. Right. They put that right on the cover. So yeah. Seems like an odd choice, but all right. Dolph for a lark. There you go. All right, so we open up the big issue here, and uh, it's Superman. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. And funny enough, it's not Superman though; it's Bizarro. Yeah. Um, and Bizarro <laughs> is pleading to the Bizarro Justice League, which is Hawkman, Aquaman, Flash, Batman, and Green Lantern, um, that something is happening to Bizarro World, and it's doomed. He's like, the rest of you am not listening. Us all am doomed if us not take action. And none of them believe him, right? But as he's staying... Oh, and by the way, the title of the story is The Bizarro Buster is Loose. And... As he's trying to convince them that something is happening on their planet, um, that people, the Bizarros all over the planet are blowing up. None of them believe him. But then in the middle of him talking, Bizarro Flash blows up, then Bizarro <laughs> Green Lantern, then Aquaman, then Hawkman. And then the only one left is Bizarro Batman. And then, um, and then Bizarro says, look around, Bizarro Batman. First Bizarro Flash, etc." Me think maybe us got a case. What you think? And then Bizarro Batman says, "Then not call me Bizarro World's greatest detective for something." <laughs> me see your point. <laughs> me will investigate. Oops. Then he blows up. He's dead. <laughs> Tuffy loves this. Tuffy, this uh, yeah. this seems like a, a plot of one of the mo dopey movies we watch on the uh, LCS yeah. show. Uh, so yeah. you're a you're a fan of watching all the Justice League people blow up. Hello? Yeah. No? Hello? Hello? Tuffy? Yeah. <laughs> Tuffy's, <laughs> Tuffy's eating more walnuts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, the Bizarro Justice League is great because you got Bizarro Batman with like flappy ears on his cowl. Uh, yeah, and everybody's just blown up and, you know, Batman's I on like the case. The, and I like the Green Lantern is like yellow <clears throat> candle. Yeah, I just realized that yeah. he had a little candle on his uh, chest there. Yeah, so they're all blowing up, and uh, they're kind of turning into, like, orangish-colored yellow dust. Right. <clears throat> and, uh, all right, Michael, so Bizarro says, all right, got to figure out why all these people are exploding around me. And we should point out, Michael, these aren't actually real living people, right? These are uh, synthesoid duplicates or something. Yeah, I mean, they're conscious, they're sentient, but they're technically not alive, you're right. Yeah, that's a fine line here, just so the right. kids don't cry. Right, people right. Are exploding. So, so then super or bizarro sorry bizarro is flying around bizarro world 
uh, which uh, they have their own metropolis, and he's flying around, and the buildings are all crooked and like mismatched, and you can see all these people kind of exploding and turning to yellow dust as he's flying around, right? And like yeah. you can see little like a sign on the, on the like a, for a restaurant that says "Don't eat here," right? And because <laughs> you know it's, everything's backwards here, it's awesome. Um, <clears throat> and then he's uh, oh yeah, and then. See, I didn't know about a lot of this stuff, but they have on on our world they have galaxy broadcasting, and on this bizarre world they have molecule narrowcasting instead. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Bizarro flies in and he sees Bizarro Jimmy Olsen and Bizarro Perry White, and then right, oh yeah, and I love this little gag. Uh, Jimmy Olsen's like, Mister White and me was not talking about you just a minute ago, Bizarro Superman, and then <laughs> Perry White says, "Me told you before, Olsen, call me Chief." <laughs> oh, it's good. And then he blows up, and then and then and then. Oh yeah, wait, wait. And then you guys are getting a real kick out of this, aren't you? I love this. Ben Bizarro punches Bizarro Jimmy Olsen in the face, and Jimmy Olsen says, "Thanks for hitting me, Superman." And I'm good to know you still like me. And then Bizarro says, "If me can't hit my best friend, who can me hit?" And then Jimmy Olsen just explodes. <laughs> He's like, oh, Jimmy, not you too. And then he realizes, oh, okay, so I'm going to have to get some help on this, right? So he decides. He's crying, uh, Michael. Look at Yeah, he's actually crying. crying. Yep. He has Poor real man. feelings. He may not be alive, but he has real feelings, right? So then he's like, okay, well, um, me fly all the way to Earth where Superman keep duplicating machine that made me and Bizarro Lois number one. Um, so then we see him leaving the square bizarre world, but as he's flying away, we see this orange creature floating in space. It looks like, um, I don't know, like a big cloud with a little face and kind of like cloud tentacles coming out of it, right? Uh, it kind of looks like a uh, toughie. Uh, you, you know this, like there's uh, athlete's foot commercials on TV sometimes. So show, uh, sure. Like, I don't <laughs> know if they have those in Canada, but like uh, uh, the little, uh, the fungus on your toes in the commercials. That's what Ooh. he looks like. Yeah, I thought it looks like uh, Kang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, that's exactly yes. what he, yes. that's exactly yeah. what he looks like. Good point, Tuffy. Yeah, that that pink like guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the brain. Yep. And so this cloud uh, is following Bizarro as he's flying through space. And then we cut over to um, just regular old Earth <laughs> and uh, the Galaxy Broadcasting Building, and we. Because this is this is when Superman was on TV. Now he wasn't yes. a newspaper reporter; he right. was a TV reporter. Yes, this is the post Denny O'Neill kind of revamp of 1970 or 71 or whatever it was. So we see Morgan Edge, who's the boss of this news station, and he's bringing in. He's like, "I'd like you to say hello to young Dwight Decker here. He's a charter member of the school's journalism club." And basically, I, I think Kurt Swan is he's probably my favorite artist. But this little kid. Just looks like a really short man, <laughs> like a really odd-looking short man, right? Yes. Yeah, he doesn't look like a child at all. Just no. a shrunken man, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so he brings him in to, to to introduce him to everybody, and the kid is really rude, right? Like, hey, the kid's a jerk. Yeah, yeah that's what he is. <laughs> he he disses uh, Jimmy Olsen, and then he sees Lana Lang, and she's trying to be nice to him, and then as he's walking away, she's like. As my pop would say, that's one classy lady. Though I gotta admit, she looks a little older in person. And then <laughs> Lana Lang kind of looks at the camera and is like, wah, 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 type thing, you know? So this Lana Lang, uh, she's like his childhood sweetheart, right, Lana? Yeah, see, this was a weird period where she moved to Metropolis and joined the TV station, you know? Yeah, that's so, weird. Yeah, yeah I like that. totally. I don't like it either, but... Whatever. I also don't like that her dress is from the 1860s. Yeah, you're right. That's <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> It's like a, a collar all the way up to her chin with like ruffles around it and everything. What is happening? But uh, all right. yeah. So then, hold on a sec here. So then, uh, oh yeah. So then they introduced him to Steve Lombard, which for those not familiar, Steve Lombard was kind of like the bully of the Daily Planet. Like he was always picking on Clark Kent because <laughs> he's their sports reporter. He's an ex jock. Right. Exactly. And uh, oh, and then like the kid kind of makes fun of Steve Lombard, saying that he's. He, uh, he, he's like, oh, my pop figures you're about 20 pounds overweight since your final season with the NFL. And Steve Lombard's like, er, no, more, no more than 15 pounds tops. So he's dissing Steve Lombard, right? And then, um, and then even Jimmy Holson is like kind of commenting that he can't believe that this kid is, uh, 
is uh, giving Big Steve the slinger uh, the brush off. <laughs> and because he wants, to, he wants to, yeah, because he wants to meet Clark Kent. And then so the kid sees Clark Kent and he's tracking him down because he wants to meet him, right? And then, but Clark Kent goes into the storage room that he tends to disappear to and doesn't come out. And they can't figure <laughs> out what happened to him. But sure enough, <laughs> he goes in there to turn into Superman, right? Yeah. So then he uh, does the famous thing where he pulls open his, his shirt. You see the S symbol. The next shot is him flying away from the Daily Planet. And the reason he's uh, flying away is because the alarm went off at the Fortress of Solitude, right? Hey, North what you, that, that thing yeah. you stole from Doc Savage. Yeah! That's so cool. It's still awesome. Son of a bitch. <clears throat> um, so yeah, if you liked it in Doc Savage, you should like it here. <laughs> anyway. So then he... Uh, he and, a, and, and then it's just, this is cool because he comes to the Fortress and there's actually a giant hole kind of like burned into the wall of the, uh, the fortress. And he, he flies in and he lands and he sees all of his Superman robot guards all like, you know, out of commission. <laughs> They've all been uh, dismantled or, or defeated by something. And Superman actually points out, he's like, he's like, I could, I could count on the fingers of my one hand, the foes on my enemies list who would be capable of decimating an entire Superman robot squad. And any of them spells all kinds of major trouble for me if he's on the rampage in the fortress. So right away, like we know that there's danger. <clears throat> you have a Mike L. Robit squad uh, around your headquarters. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yep. <laughs> I had no idea Superman had his own robot squad. Yeah, they're all they're all duplicates. They look exactly like him. Isn't that clever? Yes, that's one word for it. <laughs> clever. So yeah, he loves the. He loves is this where the much. writers for the Iron Man 3 movie got their idea to just have a bunch of robots oh. of the same superhero? Yeah, yes. there you go. Yeah. That's not bad there, buddy. But yeah, oh. he makes his robots look exactly like him because he's such an egomaniac. This <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Superman. Yeah. I bet you Batman probably has him too, but anyway. Yeah, I, I'm sure he does because yeah. he's an uh, asshole too. Yeah. so cool. But anyway, so then Superman's flying over to the uh, his secret weapons chamber. And right away, using his microscopic vision, he can see telltale <laughs> tell fingerprints on the door. So right away, he knows exactly who it is, right? That's the shit that I can't stand about. I love it. it. He can count molecules. <laughs> Look, I can, That's right. I can see the fingerprints from... A, only Columbo can do shit like that. Not <laughs> <laughs> so then he sees uh, Bizarro, but he's like, all right, Bizarro. He knows it's him, but he's like, all right, hold it right there. I demand to know why you're here in the fortress making off with my duplicate array. <clears throat> and then Bizarro's like, me not want to ask my friend Superman for favors, so me break in and steal duplicate array. You <laughs> must take it back to Bizarro World and hurry while there are still some Bizarros left to duplicate. So he explains to Superman what's going on, and Superman's like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to help you. But then just at that moment, we see the yellow cloud creature from earlier uh, sneak into the uh, fortress. But just to clarify, Michael, when, when Bizarro says, I uh, me not want to ask my friend Superman for favor, really he's saying, I don't want to ask my enemy Superman for favor. Is that right? Or yeah. They actually, okay. yeah, that's where it gets confusing. Yeah, I guess you're yeah. right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is confusing. Yeah. So then the creature, um, so then as they're talking, the creature is like coming through like the caves or whatever. And he's like, Superman's like, okay, let's work together as a team. Maybe the two of us can figure out a way to lure the Bizarro killer out into the open. And Bizarro's like, okay, Superman, it M deal. What do, what do, wait, what us do to start team up? And then Superman's like, retrace the space route you took here. But then just at that moment, the creature uh, floats into the room. And e even though it hasn't touched Bizarro, it's just kind of like in the general vicinity, Bizarro starts getting weak. And Superman points out that it's just like when I'm exposed to kryptonite. You know, Bizarro is weakened by being in the presence of his... <laughs> Cloud creature, right? So, so Tuffy, Superman does what any good friend would do. What, what does he do to yeah. uh, Bizarro? Uh, takes him and just hucks him out of the Fortress of Solitude right through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right through the wall. He doesn't lead him back to a closet or something where he can hide him or you know, to go to the bathroom. Maybe, hey, just rest in here for a minute. No, he just throws him through the wall head first. Love it. What a, what if Bizarro yeah. just breaks his neck right there and dies? And this is this is what makes it even better is as Bizarro is smashing through through the wall in his thoughts, he's like, oh, even though me weak and defenseless, Superman attacked me. What a relief. That proved him still my friend. 
See, this is what's confusing. Yeah, this is where it gets confusing. Right. Because so uh, this friend, well, made, page friend two means are, friend. Yeah, because a, a couple pages earlier, he says, uh, me want to be your friend too. And me guess that why we fight each other sometimes. But if they fight, they should be enemies like him and Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It gets a little confusing. I, I like Bizarro for when he was published, but he couldn't. You couldn't do this today, I don't think. Like this type of character. Listen, I, I don't think you could do this in 1983 either. I, I assume this book was like 1971. <laughs> Ooh, debatable. <laughs> debatable. Like, like this is what Superman's turning out at the same time. Like Daredevil, Frank Miller, Daredevil, Wolverine. You know, like, I mean, come on. Well, I guess there's a reason they rebooted him, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. Guess what, Mike Dell? They were making Coca-Cola in 1983 too, and it's just as good today as it was back then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> yeah, the little fungus monster is grabbing Superman up and wrapping him up, and uh, right. And so he's fighting him, and then Superman thinks in his head. He gets the feeling that the creature's trying to digest him, right? Absorb him. <laughs> Have so you ever then, had that uh, feeling, Michael? Mm-hmm. Oh, someone's just trying time. to digest you. Yeah. So then, uh, so then he's like, "But this Man of Steel isn't impressed. He just flies out, right? Because he's so tough. Because he's Superman. He just flies away from the cloud creature. Um, and then he's like, "My hunch is this strange life form never tried to consume a living super being before. It found the real item was a lot tougher on the digestion, right? That's always my reaction when it happens to me. <laughs> so then he uh, smashes through the ceiling of the fortress, and then. Uh, finds Bizarro, and they're chatting away, but in the middle of the conversation, Bizarro disintegrates, just like the uh, Bizarro's at the beginning of the story did, right? He turns into like kind of like a cloud. And, uh, and then the cloud kind of flies away, and Superman's trying to follow him, and then he uses his x-ray vision to look through the wall, and then he's like, of course, I should have deduced something like this. The creature was only a transitory stage, like a caterpillar is to a butterfly. So now we see the creature's true appearance, right? I like and how Superman uses his x-ray vision to look through the wall, even though the hole's like right there as well. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking three inches to the right with his right, x-ray right. vision. <laughs> good part. Right. So we see this creature. It's pretty cool, I think. Um, it's yeah. kind of like a big, how would you, like a big, ball like a bulbous type creature with a face with two big eyes but also little eyeballs all over his body and little baby hands growing out of his body with eyes on top of them it's kind of cool i like it (laughs) yeah yes yeah so anyway so it's flying up uh into the air and superman's chasing after it and uh and then the the creature turns around and shoots uh superman with like a laser beam that comes out of its eye (laughs) and then uh and then Superman, but Superman recovers and he's still flying after him. And then he's like, uh, oh yeah. And so he's like thinking to himself, I can't stand by and watch a predator wipe out an entire race to the brink of extinction. As long as there's one Bizarro left, I have to do everything I can to save him. So he's going to fight now to save Bizarro. So he follows the creature all the way through space back to Bizarro World, which again, as we said earlier, is the cube shaped planet, right? Which is awesome. And then, um, <clears throat> oh, and, th- and then... Superman is shocked to learn that while they, while they were having their battle back on Earth, another alien race has invaded Bizarro World. And it's basically these green kind of like, I don't know, um, like jellyfish. Yeah, jellyfish. Yeah. Kinda like flying around uh, <laughs> over top of Bizarro Metropolis, right? Yeah. And so he's flying around, flying around. And then, um, and then the, uh, they all just fly out into space and they're attacking the other orange creature with the eyeballs and then superman's like great sons the bizarro consuming creature is attacking the invading hordes i still don't know exactly what to make of all this but one thing's clear despite how impressive the bizarro creature's first assault was it's hopelessly outnumbered right so he's just watching this battle in space now and so the the uh the jellyfish completely enveloped the orange creature and then superman uh it kind of flies he un- in. Huh? Yeah, he, he unleashes several thousand doses of heat vision unleashed in <laughs> intersecting swoops of super speed. Yeah, exactly. As you're wont to do. And then right. he also uh, punches several of them. And uh, that's a terrible picture, right? Oh, I love it, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great picture. Yeah, I love it. 
Uh, <laughs> like it's Superman standing still, but his arm—he's got like it makes it look like he has six arms. He's punching all these. Uh, well, jokes. I think the kids would understand that it's just he's moving so fast. It looks like yeah, yeah. I understand that's what they're going for. Yeah. It just looks terrible though. <laughs> okay, so then the <laughs> so then the the orange creature shoots more lasers out of its eyes that you know that kind of finishes off you know what Superman started to fight these uh, jellyfish aliens away, right? So then uh, Superman's like in his head, he's like, there they go, battered and beaten, heading off into space to lick their wounds and find other worlds to infest, right? So then uh, he's like, uh-oh, I was so glad to see the invaders repelled. It didn't occur to me that they may have already done irreparable damage. So then he turns around and we see the orange creature. All of a sudden it starts shaking and vibrating and then it explodes. And sure enough, all the Bizarro creatures are back. Bizarro Batman, Yellow Candle, Hawkman, Jimmy Olsen, all of them, right? And he's like, oh, the explosion was a metamorphosis. All the bizarros that were consumed by the creature have been molecularly reassembled into their original forms. And then the original bizarro comes back. And he's like, bizarro number one, you're all right. And he's like, as right as me ever was, Superman, come. Oh, crap, I just got to pop up. He's like, uh, <laughs> uh, M time, you that's, heard whole That's story. not a euphemism. He means a pop-up ad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't get very excited <laughs> yeah. about eating some so then anyway, so they run into Bizarro Lex Luthor, and it turns out that Bizarro Lex Luthor was using his, um, what is this, telescope, and he discovered this alien creature in space that somehow, through his telescope, was able to figure out it feeds on Bizarro's, right? Um, he's, like, uh, he's like, analysis also shows our simulated superpowers not be enough to save us from being wiped out. That's a pretty powerful telescope to tell him all that information. Right? <laughs> um, so then he figures out a way to uh, to defeat the alien. He has this big uh, like red and white laser gun. Hold on a sec here. I got more pop-ups. Jeez. And he uses it to turn himself into an orange cloud. So now we know where the orange cloud came from, right? And his secret plan is to, is to convert all of the bizarro creatures into a different form so that when the aliens come, they're not able to feed on them, right? Very smart, very smart. Well, so they can put all their powers together and fight off the... Okay, that's why, yeah. Yes, so he's like, since there's no time to explain my plan, bizarro number one, make a mistake and think me destroying bizarros instead of saving them. Me, bizarro Luther, doing evil, that am laugh. <laughs> 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 and then, um, hold on a sec here. And then basically Superman's like, oh, well, sounds good to me. And then, uh, oh my God, I, I have like half a page here. I can't even read it. But basically, uh, everything's wrapped up. Superman's like, okay, well, see you guys later. I'm going to take off. He flies away and everything's back to normal. Status and, and again, is restored. Bizarro says, there him go. Best friend any Bizarro could ever want. Yeah, like he, so I guess enemy, they are. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Superman yeah! 279. Uh, Tuffy, what'd you think of that? Uh, fantastic. <laughs> it is great. It is way better than Kicker's Inc. I know that. <laughs> no, yeah, this was terrible. This, <laughs> this, this was awful. <sighs> <sighs> so much fun. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have much fun. I liked when the Justice League was blowing up. That was pretty good because I'd like to see the Justice League <laughs> blow up someday. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, the, the Bizarro, the, the the wacky Bizarro speech patterns are really cool and everything uh, in small doses, I think. Yeah. But those like yeah. first uh, five or six pages when there was nothing but Bizarro people talking, it was really getting on my nerves. Yeah, <laughs> I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like we mentioned the confusion over the enemy and the friend shit. Uh, I don't know. I'm not into space monsters and flying jellyfish and it's not my thing. I don't know. I, I hated this book so much. I loved it. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> like my take is it's not as good as a 60 spider, uh, Superman comic book, but it still is a lot of fun and I enjoyed reading it. It, it is just shocking that this was 1983 or whatever. Um, because it feels like a 60s comic book, like just the the, top, the subject matter and the, the story. And, um, yeah, you can say that. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Tuffy, you, you really enjoyed this, though. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, the uh, plotting is not that uh, creative, really. <laughs> it's, it's not. Uh, 
And I figured out pretty quick that like, oh yeah, that uh, that monster is not killing the Bizarros. That's going to fight. As soon as there's other creatures and Spider-Man's like, I guess I better fight those ones instead well, of the one I chased here. Uh, Superman. Superman. Not or Superman. Spider-Man. Yeah. This would have been such a better book yeah, if for- Spider-Man was involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as Superman started fighting the green monsters, it's like, oh, well, yeah, obviously that other one is uh, not going to be a bad guy in the end. Kind of spoiled it, but uh, see, I, great. I actually, well, I did appreciate that there was a twist. Like, even though there was, I mean, you figured it out, I didn't, but <laughs> it was just cool that it was there. Like, the fact that there was something else going on that we thought, I thought that was, I appreciate that. And that's the thing, is most of these Superman stories from this era, they are definitely aimed at kids, but there's always a clever twist. That's what I like. Oh, there's a twist. Uh, <laughs> anyway. uh, the, the best thing about this book, though, is probably that we don't have to do another Superman until issue 200 of this show. It's already picked so out. Anyway, it's another year. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank God. Uh, all right. So I guess we got to give ratings for this nonsense. Tuffy, one out of 10. What do you, do you give Superman? Uh, I give us an eight. I think the artwork's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Holy hell. I enjoy the artwork. Uh, it is a lot of like, it's either Bizarro's talking or it's Superman's inner monologue. So I'm going to dock at a point for that. And it's a lot of explaining, uh, a lot of explaining things. Superman flying around explaining things, uh, Bizarro yeah. explaining things. Uh, but there's also yeah. great stuff like Superman just throwing Bizarro through the wall. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was some, I mean, it makes no sense, but yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, Plus you got that uh, jerk kid at the beginning too. Yeah. <laughs> The jerk kid was great, <laughs> and Lana Lang's old Victorian dress. All right, so for those uh, for those points, I'll give it a three out of ten. Three out of ten. Well, I didn't even mention the art. Kurt Swan is one of my f- absolute favorite artists. So he's not art- one of my favorites. I don't know. I didn't oh. like the art that much. It's uh, it's boring and dull. Oh. And, uh, yeah, not a fan. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my favorites. Uh, so the art is a ten, but overall, I also give it an eight because it was a lot of fun, and <laughs> I definitely ridiculous. You gave us an eight. Come yep. on, Michael. I would love to read more of these, and I will because I have two <laughs> long boxes full of Superman comics. It's f- it's fine when Tuffy gives an eight. He's a guest. He's coming in. He's having a laugh. You know, he doesn't have any like. Uh, he doesn't care about his overall ratings, uh, what they are. But you, Michael, you're a comic book expert and a historian. Yeah. You should have some, uh, and some that's pride. why my opinion carries so much weight. Giving this an eight out of ten. Yeah, now good people Lord. know it's good. This book stinks. Don't read eight Superman out of 10. stinks. Uh, Everyone out there, definitely read this comic. All right. Well, Tuffy, it is a very special episode here. Uh, we give out our awards every year. Okay. Yes. Uh, so we're going to give out our awards for like the best. Because a few weeks uh, ago on our show there, Mike, we gave out our uh, Golden Quesadilla Awards for the best of the movies we've watched over the last year. Oh, nice. Year. Yeah, so Tuffy's an old pro at this. Um, usually Tuffy loves the picks I make for the movie awards. Uh, so, <laughs> he's Yeah, yeah. There was, there was outrage in several categories a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> but... Uh, Tuffy, I'm sure. There's actually some of these people in these uh, nominations, Tuffy, uh, that uh, you will be familiar with, I think. So, how about that? All right, so, Mike, we give out the, about seven or eight, I think eight, maybe, awards. And okay. every year, we start off with the most prestigious award of them all, Best Monkey. All right. Best Monkey. And, and these awards go for the comic books that we've read this past year, you know? Sure. So, from, from episode 100 to 150. Right. Incredibly, this Superman was not nominated for anything. What? Yeah, it's shocking. <laughs> so last year, Best Monkey was won by Gore, the big gold monkey from Fantastic okay. Four. Do you remember, I remember that him. guy? Yep. Yeah, he's great. So this year, the nominees for Best Monkey are Rainbow from Dreadstar, issue one. Oh, right. I forgot about him already. And the winner is Rainbow from Dreadstar issue. <laughs> we only read one book with a monkey in the last year, Michael. Yeah. And he really wasn't even a, a full-fledged monkey. He was a space monkey. Like he had pointy ears and stuff. He wasn't really a traditional monkey. So we really need to pick up our monkey game here in, uh, in the next year, all right? I'll work on that. Yeah, please do. More books with monkeys, goddammit. Right. All right, next up, uh, best cover. Last year, the winner was Jungle Action 10 by Gil Kane. Remember that? That great Black Panther cover? 
suppose that uh, is. I don't remember the cover. Yeah, yeah, it was great. All right, so the nominees this year. Uh, Terry Beatty, Miss Tree, issue 13. This was uh, Miss Tree with the jigsaw puzzle, you know, and the hand coming in, putting in the piece on the jigsaw puzzle. Yes. That was great. I'm sure Tuffy, because Tuffy listens to all these episodes and he reads along at home. Yep. So I'm sure he remembers that one. Uh, Ron Wilson, Avengers 129. This is a great classic uh, superhero book. Uh, a big Kang on the cover with the Avengers around him fighting him. Good stuff. Jim Starlin, Dread Star number one. This was a nice design with the uh, three ver- lines going horizontally and an angle mm-hmm. across the page. Remember that, Michael? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Gil Kane, Dead of Night, issue 11. This was the Scarecrow. Okay. That was a great cover. Gil Kane, he's, he's the Yes, one. I remember that. Yep. And then uh, the final nominee, Bill Sienkiewicz, The Question Number One. The hand for the... Uh, yes, that was a good one. The book was terrible, but the cover yeah, was... It was great. pretty good. That was okay. So the winner for best... Uh, the Flea. Yeah, we don't say winners. The Flea goes to... Because that's what we give out here, Tuffy. Fleas. Mm-hmm. The Flea goes to Terry Beatty, Ms. Tree, issue three. Wow. 30. Yeah, the old Jigsaw puzzle cover. That's great stuff. Yeah, it was good. All right, best villain... Last year is Ultra Humanite, who, uh, by the way, Tuffy is a monkey. Ultra Humanite. So there you go. That, that yeah. Uh, but the best villain this year, the nominees are Hordak, Masters of the Universe number three. Remember Hordak, Michael? Oh, of course. Who could forget Hordak? <laughs> Kang, Avengers 129. Magneto, Alf, issue 22. <laughs> Magneto, remember? I remember Magneto, yeah. Uh, yeah, Tuffy Magneto on uh, Alf's planet of Malmac. He's like Magneto, <laughs> Exte- ex- instead of being, you know, magnetic, he can attract meat. <laughs> That's you had to read an Alf comic and you're complaining about Superman? Exactly. Yes, that Alf book was awesome. Uh, Midnight from US 1, issue 7. A foxy brunette with a whip who rides a motorcycle. Sign me up. That's why I'm a big fan of that. And the final nominee, Tuffy, from Kickers Inc. issue four, Ugly Mac Thornton. <laughs> Remember Ugly Mac Thornton? No. This guy, he was a linebacker who intentionally paralyzed a wide receiver on the opposing team <laughs> yeah. and then mocked him after he paralyzed him. <laughs> uh. Ugly Mac Thornton, Kickers Inc. And the flea goes to. Magneto, Alf 22. Oh my God. (laughs) It was, wait, I think it was going to be Midnight USA 1, but at the last minute, the judges said Magneto. Let's go with Magneto. So, yeah, it's Magneto, Alf 22. Is this the same judges as the uh, Golden Quesadillas? Because there's a lot of similarities, I sense. (laughs) Yeah, the Academy, you know, you never tell what they're going to do. Because uh, Midnight just had victory ripped away from her. That's the shame. But congratulations to Magneto. All right, so the best hero last year is Black Panther. This year, the nominees are Alf. <laughs> Come on, Alf. Oh. Hey, Tuffy, Black Diamond, Sybil Danning. We did a Sybil yeah. Danning comic book. Yeah, Black Diamond. Uh, Gru, Ms. Tree, and Wolverine. Yeah. And the winner is Ms. Tree. What? Yeah. Ms. Tree was the best. Yeah, she was awesome. So, uh, congratulations to Ms. Tree. Next up, we have uh, best what the fuck moment. Uh, and it, uh, previous winner was Mervis on his big bicycle. Oh, that was the best. Uh, my favorite. Uh, yep. Tuffy doesn't know what we're talking about, but it was really good, Tuffy. This guy was riding his bicycle with an enormous big front wheel and a really tiny back wheel. And he just appeared out of nowhere in the middle of the countryside to run over uh, Captain Midnight or Dr. Midnight or whatever the fuck his name is. Doctor is it Midnight. Captain or Doctor? Doctor, uh, Doctor. Doctor He's an, and by the way, he is an actual doctor. It's not just his name. <laughs> yes. All right, so the nominees are DP7 issue 6. When the middle-aged waitress wanted to have sex with a 15-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Masters of the Universe issue 3. Hordax, Hurricane of Hate. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, Hordak would just spin his arms really fast and create a hurricane of hate. <laughs> hey, Tuffy, Peacemaker number one. 
Peacemaker's backstory. Good Lord. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of Nazis in there. <laughs> yes. A lot of Nazis and blow and uh, burning villages down in Vietnam. Uh, women and children. Yeah. yeah that, that's Peacemaker for you. Uh, Thing issue 28. Thing and Vance Astro talking through a window. Oh, yeah, that was insane. <laughs> I forgot right. about that. Just to uh, describe this for Tuffy and those who weren't aware, uh, this whole this whole issue of Thing 28 could have been nominated. But uh, Thing is trying out to be in a uh, <laughs> professional wrestling organization, Tuffy. And he goes uh -huh. in to talk to the boss about something. I can't remember the exact details, Michael. But he goes in to talk to the one promoter, like the Vince McMahon character. And uh, he leaves his buddy Vance Astro outside the building while he goes in to talk to him. And so he's talking to the promoter and saying something. And then there's a cut. And then, like, the next panel, you see Vance Astro standing outside, looking in the, the, the completely shut window. And he has his hands on his hips like a disappointed father. And he's yelling at Thing for something that Thing just said to the promoter. <laughs> and it was so it makes, bizarre. Right. It was one of those, like, what? Yeah, the artist and the writer were not in sync. <laughs> it was so crazy. Uh -huh. All right. And the final nominee, uh, US won. Uh, issue, what was that, seven or whatever? Uh, Midnight gets blown up by missiles. Yeah, we talked about Midnight, the old vixen there on the motorcycle. And US-1, the uh, the 18-wheeler, is uh, who's the superhero in this book, he's trying to uh, shoot uh, Midnight with some missiles. Now, but do you remember, Michael, like, Midnight rode away, like, off into the distance, and US-1 shot the missiles high up in the air, and there's a couple panels where then they fall down in the distance, and you just hear Midnight say, like, scream. Yes. Just... <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> That's pretty great. All right. And the winner is oh, I'm sorry, the flea goes to Thing and Vance Astro talking through a window. Thing yeah, issue twenty eight. That yeah, was crazy. A, yep. That was a no brainer. <laughs> All right. The the best writer last year is Steve Gerber for Howard the Duck. This year the nominees are Mark Evanier, Evanier from Gru, issue twenty two, Peter B. Gillis, Strike Force Moratory, issue mm. one. Frank Miller, Electra Assassin, issue one. Chris Claremont, Wolverine, issue one. Max Collins, Ms. Tree, issue 13. And the flea goes to Max Collins, Ms. Tree, issue 13. Big surprise. Big surprise. Yeah, Ms. Tree, she, she's something special. Tough, you need to read some Ms. Tree. She's, uh, she's a tough private eye. She's great. Best yeah. artists. Last year, Carrie Gamble, Indiana Jones. This year, the nominees are Brent Anderson, Strike Force Moratory, Issue 1. Sergio Aragonez, Gru, 22. Frank Miller, Wolverine, 1. Rico Raval, Dead of Night, 11. That's Scarecrow story, Michael. Rico Raval, do you remember that? All right, yep. That was That's good. good. And then uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, Electra Assassin, Issue 1. And the winner is Bill Sienkiewicz, Electric really? Assassin, issue one. Yeah, the fully painted issue. Yeah, come on. It's great stuff. Now, cool. keep in mind, Electra Assassin, issue one, wins Best Artist, nominated for Best Writer. Great issue. The rest of the series sucked. Just read mm. issue one. <laughs> Don't read the rest of that series. All right. Uh, and finally, Best Book. Last year is Howard the Duck, issue eight. This year, the nominees are Electra Assassin, number one. Gru, issue 22. Ms. Tree, issue 13. Strike Force Moratory, issue 1. And Wolverine, issue 1. And the flea goes to... Ms. Tree. Wolverine, issue 1. What? All right. Yeah. Upset. Yeah. Upset. Because uh, Wolverine, issue 1, it, I mean, it's an iconic book. I mean, right. you know. And like uh, Claremont and Miller. And the, the, but Ms. Tree is great. Wait, come on, Wolverine issue one. It's not even fair putting that up against everything else. You know, so yeah. I gotta tell you though, Mike, when I was looking through these uh, books to get the awards, not a lot of great books this year. Like uh, I noticed all your awards were to books that you picked. It's kind of a uh, no. <laughs> there's, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that, Mike. I don't let me look through here. I don't think I know maybe anything that you picked. No, you didn't. <laughs> well, anyway. No, yeah. Hordax, Hordax Hurricane okay. of Eight was you, yeah. Actually, uh, no, that was that was Jank. Oh, all right. Well, I, yeah, I picked the count. second He-Man book. He picked the first one, so. Well, maybe that should tell you something, Mike. Well, no, Dreadstar. Dreadstar got nominated. Oh, there you and, go. And it also well, won for Best Monkey. That you're prejudiced against anything I pick? Understood. Okay. Dread, Dreadstar won for Best Monkey, <laughs> and also Vilson <laughs> Kevich won the question number one. He was nominated for that. 
So yeah, you got some numbers. I think the lesson here, Mike, is you know you need to do a little better. I defy you to Mike. I'll look through the books you picked this past year and tell me what would have been nominated. Blue well, Beetle? Today's Superman book? Yes, <laughs> Superman 379 for one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, but. You know what? The, this Superman book, maybe it'll be eligible next year because I, you know, I didn't even pay, read it really until after I did the nominees. So uh, yeah, maybe next year it'll qualify. Yeah, there you go. Because Bizarro getting thrown through the wall would probably get nominated for yep. Best What the Fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so guess what? There's another little uh, annual event that we have here uh, on our on our anniversary well, episodes. Are you well, done? Mike, with- is there anything you would like to uh, bring attention to? Any books that were left off by the Academy? Oh, well, let's see here. Let's go to all my picks. Uh, Dreadstar, Star, History of the DCU. And Great <laughs> no, Hunter. no, no. You can't just randomly normal say normal man. Need, uh, yes, normal man was it should have been nominated. Humanoids had good art, good story. What are you talking about? Fantastic <laughs> Four was great. All right, all right, stop. Move, get on to your, your stuff. We're done. We're done. Go on to your. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, we've got some uh, some stats here that we're going to list off, and we're going to start with the category for the most appearances by a guest on our show. And as usual, I'm actually going to count down. We have our top six here. In sixth it, place. With and this four, is just for the past year, correct? Just the Actually, past year. no, this is, cum- is, is the word cumulative. This is for the whole yeah. series. Yeah, it adds up, right? All right. So you, all right, so you, you just didn't want to do the math. You didn't want to figure out exactly. just the past year. So, all right. no, I, just added, I, just, I just added everything up together. Yeah, it's easier that way for me. <laughs> so let's see here. In sixth place with four appearances. Any guesses? Well, Tuffy. There you go, Tuffy. Hey, <laughs> I have no uh, idea. Yeah, I guess I guess this is technically tied for fourth place. Is with five appearances each. We have GI Jolie and Cousin Brandon. Wow, Brandon's been on here five times because uh, when we invite him to do the LCS show, like we did last week, he falls asleep and doesn't show up. It feels like he's been on a lot more <laughs> than just five, eh? But uh, anyway, yeah, it's been five. Um, with nine appearances, Pork Carrot. Yeah, Bob Myers, yeah. Yep. Uh, 12 appearances, Miles Watson. And in the lead with 14 appearances, take a guess who? <laughs> Kevin Jank. Kevin Jank, uh, that's right. Okay, 14 so, appearances. And feel free to guess at any point if you guys want. Um, now we're going to list our top five creators. This is writers or artists, okay, who have made the most appearances in the last 150 episodes combined, okay? Number right. five with seven appearances. This is a writer. Any guesses? Oh, well, I'm sure Tuffy has a few he'd like to guess, but uh, I want to say Bill Mantlo. Actually, no, he's not even on the list. Nope. Are you sure? Yep. It's Chris oh. Claremont. Ah, Chris Claremont for Wolverine, issue one. He was on yep. there. Yeah. I mean, I hope I didn't screw up with Bill Mantlo. Maybe I should double check these, but no, I don't think so. Uh, number four with eight appearances, an artist who unfortunately passed away recently, George Perez. You guys still there? Yeah, yeah, no, we're still here. Okay, we're, we're just enthralled. <laughs> Moved on to something else. Okay, uh, number three with nine appearances, another writer, Marv Wolfman. Marv Wolfman. He did a lot of Tomb of Dracula and stuff. That's right. That's right. Number two, another writer, uh, and I think he won last year with nine appearances on our show so far. Jerry Conway. Yeah. And number one creator represented with ten appearances on our show. This is an artist. Anyone would anyone like to guess this An guy? Artist with ten he was, appearances. He's drawn. Pre, he was drawing pretty much every Marvel comic at one point, like every single one. Our pal Sal. That's Sal right, Buscema. Sal Buscema. Okay. Now we're going to move on to characters. This one's pretty easy. We've only got three represented here. The number three character with three appearances total, other than like crossover big event books, but three stories well, total in our series. Take a guess who. Uh, well, Batman. Nope, Spider-Man with three appearances. Spiders, we did a Spider-Man with uh, Craven the Hunter that I picked. Did a Spider-Man and his uh, super friends that Beck Slither picked. Yep. And then, uh, what's the third one? Uh, let's see here, Spider-Man. Uh, oh, uh, it was with Kangaroo. No, we didn't do a Kangaroo book. Didn't we? I thought, no, you no. picked it. Amazing no, I did Spider-Man not. 111. Okay, Amazing Spider-Man 111. What was that? Uh, oh, I know. Uh, Craven the Hunter. That's Craven the Hunter. Oh, okay. And the well, Gibbon. My, 
Oh, the gibbon. I was thinking of the kangaroo. Yeah. But anyway, I, my find feature is not working. Oh, we did Amazing Spider-Man 300 with Venom. Oh, that's right. Because I was going to say, you also did a Spider-Man with Deathlock, but you're not counting the crossover. Oh, shit. That means there's four. No, that counts. That counts. But, but that was a Marvel team-up situation. It wasn't a Spider-Man. Yeah, but shouldn't that still count? But I thought you said at the beginning it it doesn't count. If no, no, no. I mean, like if if I were to count, like say, contest of champions, I wouldn't include a right. character in there. You know. All right, all right. I see. Yeah. Tuffy's very Tuffy's very interested in all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we're almost done. Okay, so then I, I had to make a note there. Okay, so now, uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. Now this is where it gets kind of uh, interesting, at least for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Batman and Superman. It's Batman and Superman. No, no. All no, he does no. is pick Batman and Superman. <laughs> so now, okay, we got three more to go. Okay, first, would you like to guess our all-time lowest downloaded episode or, or lowest viewed episode on YouTube? Well, wait a minute. You skipped. You just you did uh, the uh, the hero. You did uh, Spider. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. Yeah, skipped. I, I skipped the category. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. So number two character was Superman with five appearances. And okay. again. Though, though you're, are you counting like Christmas with the superheroes? Uh, I might have because he had his own solo story in there. Yes. All right, because uh, man, because that seems low. Five seems low. It seems um, like every other week you're picking Superman. All, right. Well, it just seems like it, but I wish it was. <laughs> but anyway, okay, I I bet you, Mike Dell, you you can guess who the number one character is with seven appearances on our show, right? It has to be Batman. Yes, Batman. Fucking Ooh. Batman. Only seven. Yeah. Good job, Batman. <laughs> but look at that, Mike. You know, I'm not picking Batman or Superman. So uh, that's 12 picks. Well, I mean, it could have been Cousin Brandon. It could have been Pork here. I don't know who's picking these folks, <laughs> right? No, no. That's a real mystery. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so then, lowest ever episode on YouTube. Lowest downloaded. Take uh, a guess. Just according to YouTube, not anything else. Just because week. And <laughs> No, it can't be Kicker's Inc. It can't be Kicker's Inc. Kicker's Inc. was a fan favorite. You know, surprisingly enough, it was Spidey Super Stories number 39. Can you believe that? Oh, with the, yeah, that is yeah, shocking. With, yeah, it is, because it's Spider-Man. It's Thanos. Come on, right? <clears throat> All right, you, you're going to like this. Okay, now we got two We got two uh, separate, we, we have one for YouTube and one for uh, Launchpad, which is where we upload just the audio, but on YouTube... I'm going to list our three most popular episodes, okay? Well, I know Aquaman is number one, right? Because Aquaman was that? one. Because it was number one last year, and you yeah. just update the list, really? You just and like did the same thing? So still yeah. number one <laughs> by far. I'm talking about by far it's number one. It's amazing. Uh, oh, I picked a good book that week. Anyway, uh, okay. So the number three most popular episode is Dakota North, number one. Which yeah, is Dakota a, North. Yeah, nice. episode 53. Isn't that, isn't okay. that cool? Yeah, the... The, the basically Ms. Tree started everything and then Dakota North continued. You know, yeah, you could say that. Lineage. Ripped it off. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, you, when it's Superman, <laughs> you say ripped off. When it's Dakota North, she continued. <laughs> um, okay. The second most popular of all episode of all time on YouTube, one of my guys, Mr. Miracle number one. That that book was so terrible. Oh, no. It was, it was, number, it was, actually, it was awesome. It was like 23, I think. But it was awesome. It was so bad. Oh, oh good lord, Bar Tuffy! There is a character in that book called Baron von Blimp. Yeah. <laughs> well, Great by you, Mike know. you know what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. Blimp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good lord. Okay, right. now we go to Launchpad. This one's a little bit more detailed. Okay, folks. So this right. one, uh, this is interesting. This is an interesting list. So. Our fifth all-time most popular episode on Launchpad is Starman Tomas. No, that's not true. Yeah. That is not true at all. Those Starman it. books were so terrible. And awesome. Michael picked them back to back. Like, First issue uh, special number nine. Good stuff. Yeah, they are the worst. The absolute Just giving worst. the people what they want. Exactly. <laughs> right. I know my audience. Anyway. Uh, okay, number... Four, this is the fourth most popular episode of all time, and this is a, eight, number 81 covering Punisher, number three. Huh, that's surprising. Yeah. Yep, pretty cool, eh? And then our number, where is it here? Number three most popular episode of all time, number 93, which covers Doc Savage, number four. <laughs> Can you believe it? 
Fox Savage. Yep. Okay, we're getting good here. This is now. This is my stuff here. Oh damn! I gave it away. Okay, our second most popular <laughs> episode of all time is episode fifty-six, which reviews Wonder Woman number two eighty-eight. <laughs> that was another terrible book. Oh, so good. Anyway, that didn't win any awards though. Somehow. Anyway, okay, you ready for this? Our absolute most popular episode on Launchpad by far. Again, surprise! Another Mike L pick. Crisis on Infinite Earths, <laughs> number three, our most popular episode. Isn't now, keep correct? in mind, when Mike L says the most popular by far, that means six people listen to it instead of four. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to brag about these numbers, and I'm not going to reveal them, but they're much higher than that, okay? Yeah, I find that hard to believe. There you go. So, All right, well. by our ratings, I would, I would say that my picks are more popular than yours. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Huh. Yes, but Mike Dell has the uh, the critics' choice. That's why he's winning all the awards. Yes. Yeah, yeah like, like on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm the critics, and you're the audience score. You I guess say right? that. I'll but, take uh, it. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, Mike L is winning the uh, the box <laughs> office, but Mike Dell's taking home the awards. That's right. right. Forget the Oscars. <laughs> uh, man, that is rough. Um, so, so hey, Mike L, remember last year you did like. Uh, what country listens the most? Oh, yeah. I actually skipped over that because I felt my <laughs> audience's interest waning. <laughs> but if you'd like me to read them, I still have them here. <laughs> uh, that's all right. I just wanted to uh, Okay. Okay. That's all right. All right. So there it is. Another uh, year of winners. Congratulations to uh, Ms. Tree and uh, Wolverine and all those other things. And Crisis on the um, and Wonder Woman. Yep. <laughs> those were previous years, Michael. They, well, those weren't in the past 50 years. It all counts. But, yeah. so. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Well, so thanks to Tuffy. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Tuffy, for joining us and sitting through this nonsense. Uh, but also, I need to blame you for picking Superman again. So fuck you, Tuffy. But uh, well, you would have had Superman either way because it's one fifty. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's only Bizarro because you pleaded with me to pick Bizarro, Mike Dell. <laughs> but uh, so. hey, Tuffy, next time you're on Tuffy, we'll get some more kickers ink in here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh... I'll pass on that one. <laughs> Come on. Give me a Starman. Let's do Starman. No, very no, no, right no, 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 no. <laughs> We've done enough. Yeah, Starman. there's more Starman where that no, came from. No, no more Starman. Yeah, and first of all, though, Michael, uh, you seem to be in a hurry this evening. In, in a uh, hurry. You know, we moved up to 8 p.m. So what's going on tonight, Michael? Why did we have to move this up? To well, I'll have you know it was my birthday yesterday. Yeah, me and uh, Larry and I wished you happy birthday on the Twitters. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, we, we, we Larry said happy birthday, Mr. Meat. And then I said, hey, happy birthday, Mr. Meat. Yeah, we both. Oh, well, I haven't been on Twitter in about two months, so I would never say <laughs> yeah, that. That could be why. Yeah. That could be why. Yeah, All right, thanks. so uh, ha happy birthday there, Michael. So you're going out for a big happy birthday celebration? A little part one of three, yep. <laughs> one of three? Yeah. <laughs> Got different groups of friends. Got to hit them all, you know? Different. Well, you don't let your friends <laughs> you keep your friends segregated. Yeah, I know. Worlds, <laughs> worlds never collide. Never, never collide. <laughs> you have a whole group of friends that don't even know you like comic books. They're like the guys well, in the, yeah, in the motorcycle the, gang. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like how Mike L has different groups of friends. I barely have different friends. <laughs> yeah, Tuffy and I we're like uh, we're acquaintances, but we're friends. You know, that's what. I'm yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because um, I once uh, I, w I was hanging out with this girl once, and I went to her house, and she had like twenty five people at her house, age like ra ranging from like age twenty five to like forty five or fifty five, and I was like, "Who are all these people?" And she's like, "Oh, these are the people I just got back from Cuba with," and I remember thinking, "I can't even think of twenty five people I want to go for a coffee with, <laughs> let alone go to fucking Cuba." All right, Mike L. Well, we want to hold you up here, Mike L. We'll make this quick. We'll, uh... No rush. No rush. Hey, Mike L. We have yeah. to pick uh, next issue's uh, big book here for uh, right, episode 151 right. of Flea Market Fantasy. All right. Well, and, lay it on me. What is and it? It's, and it's my pick. Oh, and I'm sure shit. it'll win an award at some point. I'm sure soon. it'll get low viewership. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Rango, Marvel premiere issue 36 from 1977. Do you know who uh, is starring in this issue, Michael? Did you say number 36? Number 36 of Marvel premiere. Uh, wow, I have no idea. This who is it. a Roy Thomas creation. He wanted to cash in on the, uh, like, re, uh, reboot the old 1950s superheroes. So he created 3D Man. Oh, my God. Okay, <laughs> I remember him. Yes. 3D Man. 
So this will be something. He Looking had like a uh, green and red costume, right? Yeah, just like the 3D glasses. Yeah. Wow. I'm looking it up right now. Huh. Hey, Gary. It's a dig deep for that one, eh? Yeah. I did. All right. That'll uh... be... Looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't think you are. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so I'm looking at it right now. It looks good. They used to say rock and roll was the devil's music. They were right. That's right. It's going to be awesome. That's great. All right. All there right. you go. All right. Well, thank you, Tuffy. And uh, thank you, Michael, for making this all happen. Yeah, of course. There you go. So thank you for joining us on Flea Market Fantasy. Every week we review a different Bronze Age comic. One week I pick. One week one week Mike Dell picks. And it's always a good time. So be sure to join us uh, at www.comicbooksyndicate.com or wherever you can find podcasts. And until next Tuesday, this... Me am ready to start. <laughs> Live life at your pace. Click the banner or go to visitwilliamsburg.com to discover how. Because here in Williamsburg, life moves at one pace, yours. Visit a live archaeological dig site on the very grounds where America began. Or walk the fields where our country was won. Live like a colonial by day or track 18th century ghosts by night. For all the history to be found here, there's plenty more to make for yourself. It's all waiting for you in Williamsburg. Book your trip today and live life at your pace. How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so? Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle, and spice. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye. Or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback.